the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Republican Senate leader and won the GOP presidential nomination in 1996. Dole played instrumental roles in passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act and the creation of the World War II Memorial here in Washington. His wife, former Senator Elizabeth Dole, announced the death of her husband, who was 98 years old. Greg Clugston, The White House. As the Supreme Court weighs the future of the landmark Roe v. Wade decision, a resurgent pro-life movement plans to press its advantage in state-to-state battles while abortion supporters prepare to play defense. Both sides seem to think that Roe is going to be at least diminished. This is SRN News. They say it's better to be seen and not heard. But what if you could be seen and heard? What if the best hosts on radio were now available on television? What if there was finally a channel to watch with the same American values as this radio station? Announcing Salem News Channel. Available on SalemNewsChannel.com and the app and Roku with more devices coming. Salem News Channel, the antidote to the mainstream media. Appliance Renew reminds you that there's just 20 days until Christmas. Find new scratch and dent appliances at up to 50% off in time for Christmas at AppliancerNew.com. Your forecast for today, we're looking at a slight chance of snow and a high of 39 and a low of 8 for tonight. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and a high of 15 with a low of 6. This is AM 1280, The Patriot. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Red Carlson is off on assignment today. You have me, Mitch Berg, the headliner, who was, to be perfectly fair and honest, off on assignment yesterday. Brad was in for me doing the usual needful on uh, on Saturday afternoon. I needed to be away. I was off on assignment. I had a great time. It's true for Brad as well as I. It is indeed hip to be square these days. At any rate... Lots and lots going on uh, in the world here today. We've got a huge show coming up today. I I enjoy popping in uh, on Brad's show every once in a while just to see how the other half lives. It's a little more pastoral, a little more leisurely here on Sundays. Not quite the same hustle and bustle and frantic uh, activity that you have on a Saturday (laughs) at a radio station. But uh, hopefully Brad enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed the, the, the rush and buzz and crackle 
of a radio station on a, on a prime Saturday as opposed to Sunday. <laughs> Kidding. Weekends is weekends. And, and that's that's the important part here at, uh, at AM 1280, the Patriot, really, really in all Twin Cities media. We've got a huge, huge show today. This is going to be a big one. Uh, actually, we this sort of fell into my lap here. For a second hour, we're going to be talking with Kelly Johnner Byrne. Uh, who is running for Secretary of State here in the state of Minnesota? Uh, this is a race, one of, well, all of the races we have to win. We got to win governor. We got to win lieutenant governor. I mean, you get one, you get the other, pretty much in the state of Minnesota. They're not separate races. But you, we also have to uh, win the Secretary of State, the Attorney General race. We're going to be talking with candidates for all of these races uh, in coming weeks here on the uh, various Northern Alliance broadcasts. I believe uh, Brad and Jack already have. And I'm going to be doing those on the headliner edition as well. Uh, Kelly Johnner Byrne uh, joins us after uh, 2 o'clock today. This hour, second half of the hour, we're going to be talking with Colonel Dan Jennings of the Salvation Army. Now, I realize that the Salvation Army has become a bit of a lightning rod in the, the last week or so because, well, it was revealed uh, earlier this week or late the week before perhaps that a a critical race theory focused uh, resource guide was published to the Salvation Army last spring and was recently taken down after it got a lot of unfavorable publicity on the right. I'll say this. I'll be talking with Colonel Jennings. I mean, we got real business to take care of. There's a fund drive that uh, is absolutely vitally important. The Salvation Army serves, as we pointed out in our uh, telethon for them last, I believe, summer, last spring. They do a lot of very important work, and it is a shame that this came up to interrupt what is normally a very apolitical, uh, biblically-centered approach to uh, the work of charity, doing the the work that the Lord has given us to take care of our fellow human beings. It's something the Salvation Army does normally better than most uh, under normal circumstances. We'll be talking about both the work they need to do and the elephant in the room, that, that I have to say, deeply ill-advised uh, bit of racist propaganda that leaked into their narrative over the past few weeks and the efforts they've made to, to co- not cover it up, to, to deal with the extremely unfavorable publicity that's caused on, among a, a fair number of their staunchest supporters. I remain a supporter of the Salvation Army for reasons that we'll, uh, we will go into during the show here today uh, as we talk with Colonel Jennings. They uh, were there for some people that mattered a lot to me at a very important time. And I think, they, uh, I think that uh, like a lot of charities, they've been swept up and they need to at least uh, pay some homage to the idea of, uh, of social justice, for better or worse, uh, because they're a nonpartisan organization which means they have to at least learn about all points of view. Now, did they treat this critical race theory uh, excursion well? Did they do a good job? Of it? Well, we'll talk about that with Colonel Jennings here. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. But in the first uh, segment here, uh, actually in the first half hour, we're going to be talking with Rebecca Brannon who shot some striking video last night uh, in the Uptown McDonald's parking lot in Minneapolis. Now, Uptown Minneapolis is traditionally, and when I say traditionally, I mean for the last 40, maybe 50 years, has been sort of the, the, I don't know, the, the Greenwich Village of Minneapolis. It's been sort of the place where 
people go when they just get out of college and they want to and they have a little bit of money because it's never been a cheap neighborhood, at least not since I've lived in the Twin Cities. We're going on well, a little past 36 years now of me living in the Twin Cities, even back then. Uptown Minneapolis, the neighborhood within, I don't know, maybe a mile of, of Lake and Hennepin in Minneapolis, has been the place where young people with enough money to afford what has been fairly inflated rent for quite some time now, go to go through one of two phases in their lives, the starving artist phase for those who are so inclined, or the young hipster phase for those who are also so inclined. I was more the former. I had a band that rehearsed in Uptown for many years after I first moved to the Twin Cities from 1986 until the mid-90s. I spent a lot of time in Uptown. And Uptown has always been an area that's almost, well, almost like a theme park for urban blight, for for young middle-class types who want to spend a little time on the wild side before they get married, have kids, and usually move out to, well, if they're, uh, if, if, if move out to the suburbs in many cases, or just to a tonier neighborhood in Minneapolis, say Longfellow or Kenwood, if they really, really catch financial fire. But, and, and that, that, that's, it was it was a much more interesting scene last night. Uh, the the video that Rebecca Brennan showed showed a, a a couple of vibrant youth in the parking lot of the Uptown McDonald's. One of them carrying what appeared to be an ugly black rifle, firing shots into the air as they smashed the windows of and stole cars in the McDonald's parking lot, Uptown Minneapolis, at night. Now Rebecca Brennan was there. She shot the video at some risk to herself. Uh, to herself, and it was some fairly stunning, striking video, and it's a stunning, striking uh, reminder of how far Minneapolis has fallen. I was talking, thinking about this this past week uh, because I have a lot of friends who are on the left of center and a disproportionate number of those people for some reason, and when I'm not talking far left of center, we're not talking the squad here, we're talking some work-a-daddy, hug-a-mommy, center-left people who, who like to think that, uh, that, that their Minnesota hearts are in the right place by voting for the DFL. And some of them are, uh, let's just say, progressive evangelicals. Now, I live in the Midway, and when people think of the Midway, you think a little bit of urban blight, not the cool kind of theme park blight you get in Uptown. Uh, and they're not wrong. I mean, south of Thomas, things get a little dodgy on a Saturday night in the summer. And I've lived there a long time. I've been on the whole roller coaster, the the Murderapolis years, where which were pretty dodgy in St. Paul as well, um, and through some fairly good times. I mean, most of this last five, ten years have been fairly decent in the Midway. But this last year and a half, really two years, have not been among them because even before the pandemic, there was a there were the, the, the crime rate was rising. Gangs were settling beefs that, according to Sheriff Fletcher of Ramsey County, were going back to the mid-90s, frankly. And the crime rate is rising. And there's a general sense that things are not safe like they used to be. Now, a number of these center-left friends of mine who live in places like Shakopee and Bloomington and Shoreview and Arden Hills are fond of coming into the city, going to a show, maybe having coffee, going to a restaurant, going back home to the burbs and saying, hey, the cities aren't that bad. All you people who are making it sound like a Mad Max-style dystopia in the cities are just are, are, are just complaining over nothing, trying to make yourself sound like something you're not. I was there. It was just fine. 
And in a sense, they're right. I, I've lived there. And, and by the way, I've lived in the Midway for the better part of the last 30 years now, off and on. Most all, entirely on for 28 years now. And there's ups and downs. I mean, the rioting came within three blocks of my house, as I pointed out in this broadcast before here. And some of the people who live out in, in the suburbs in greater Minnesota go, I would never go to Minneapolis or St. Paul. It's just too dangerous. Well, that's, that's overstating things quite a bit. But things are worse than they were five years ago, and the numbers do not lie. Violent crime has skyrocketed. I mean, right now we're I think 82 homicides, maybe 83 homicides so far this year, which was the total homicide count in 2016 for the entire state of Minnesota. By the way, that year, in 2016, there were 30, three zero homicides in Minneapolis. So we are almost triple what we were five years ago. Now, these people who come in from the burbs have a nice night out at a concert and go back up to the burbs and lecture these people. I call them the shiny, happy people. I bring it up because I've been beset by a small plague of these shiny happies. And they're not entirely wrong, as I just pointed out, but they're not entirely right. Let me point it out this way. On any given day in Minneapolis last year, and it, by the way, this year is worse so far, but on any given day in Minneapolis last year, there were five armed robberies, which is, by the way, six times the per capita average for the entire state. On any given day in Minneapolis last year, were there, eight, there were eight or nine assaults, which is triple the national rate per capita. By the way, that doesn't include all the reports of gunfire that don't lead to a victim of some kind or another. Each of those, by the way, is an assault although usually not with a complainant. I mean, if one gang member's shooting at another, what are they going to do, call the cops? Anyway, there was a murder on average every 4.5 days, and that's been actually more like a murder every four days here in Minneapolis so far this year. Their rate is closer to uh, every four days. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up at the end of the year. By the way, on any given day, also in Minneapolis, there are 10 burglaries, 30 reports of theft, which means anything from reports of shoplifting to porch piracy, and 10 car thefts. That doesn't, by the way, include the violent carjackings. Those are robberies. That averages out to roughly 66 crimes a day, about 14 of them violent. You spread that across a population of 400,000 people, and your odds of being directly victimized by a crime of any kind is about 1 out of 66 it's lower that than that, by the way, if you don't, uh, if you leave out burglaries, which don't apply to the shiny happies because they live out where the burglaries aren't happening. Your odds of being involved in a violent crime on any given day in Minneapolis are one in 2,666, wherever you're at. If you go downtown uh, or into the city to visit a congregation or eat out or go to a show or a coffee shop in, in Minneapolis or St. Paul, the odds that you'll get back to Circle Pines in one piece are really, really high. I mean, you can even go to North Minneapolis, and the odds will still favor you. But let me tell you something, Shiny Happies. For those of us who do live here, many of choice, many not, the odds are getting worse every year. So mind your tact, Shiny Happies. We don't go home to Anoka when we're done. Rebecca Brannon coming up next, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot.
salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. The future of our state is looking bright. Join us for Hardy Debate, moderated by Hugh Hewitt, on December 15th at Providence Academy in Plymouth. You'll hear from the top conservative candidates for governor about where they stand on the issues that matter most to you. It's the Minnesota Leadership Forum, brought to you by the Patriot and Minnesota Family Council, with support from Morris Law Group and Minnesota Conservative Energy Forum. Find tickets at am1280thepatriot.com. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern and Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget the Christmas Mortgage Miracle going on right now. Go to am1280thepatriot.com for your chance at getting your mortgage or your rent, if you're so inclined, paid for an entire year, courtesy of the good folks at uh, with Dan Matiney and his whole, his whole crew. It's the place to be, the place to go. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle that so many of us need in this day and age. AM 12A, The Patriot, Mitch Berg in for Brad Carlson uh, on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, normally the headliner, today the closer. And up next here on the broadcast, my pleasure to have uh, back on the show a woman with an uncanny ability to be in the right place, perhaps the wrong place at the right time, Rebecca Brannon. Rebecca, uh, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing okay, Mitch. Glad I'm safe. But yeah, you know. <laughs> that's, that's what I was leading up to. It's by no means a given after what happened. I'm, I'm taking this video you took was last night at the Uptown uh, uh, Uptown Minneapolis McDonald's parking lot. Now, normally in the world of fast food, the most dangerous thing in the building is the food you eat. Uh, not so much last night, uh, at least on the video you, you ran uh, last night on Twitter, Rebecca Brown. I won't even bother trying to describe it for people. You were, you were in the McDonald's parking lot looking what looked, out, uh, looked like out the back window of a car as a scene unfolded that looked like something you might have seen in Beirut in the 1980s or Fallujah in, uh, in about 10, 15 years ago. I'll, I'll let you do the scene justice, Rebecca Brandon. What, what did you see last night? Yeah, I had just pulled into the parking lot, and not even five seconds did I put my car into, into park and realized there's a guy with a gun, and it took it, it took my brain a couple of seconds to register what was happening. At first, I, I thought, is that a, is that a paintball gun? Is that a you know? It just and then when he shot it into the air, you know, uh, that's when I grabbed my phone and started recording. Um, and I had to play it really cool because in that ten five seconds that I just pulled in, I parked next to a vehicle where these guys were all gathered, and we had already made eye contact. I smiled at him. I had to let them know with my body language that I was cool with it. And uh, I pretended to, to eat, drink, and I couldn't be seen recording. And I just wanted to capture what was happening here. Um, and I couldn't really make any quick, sudden movements yet. When you're in a situation like that, it's just so volatile. Yeah. Um, and leading up to that, too, there was a kind of a scuffle or a fight in the street. The bars were just letting out. It was a little bit before 2 a.m. So I was kind of distracted by that as I'm trying to park my vehicle. And basically what happened, is, as you saw in the video, You've seen it. These guys were, you know, stealing these two cars they broke into. It all happened within 15, 20 minutes. I sat there and I watched, and I had called police. And, you know, they asked for description and vehicle information. I gave that off to them. They didn't indicate that they would be on the way, but they never did show up. Um, and so I don't know how much um, you want me to go into it. Oh, it's uh, as much as you want. we got one segment here, but it was it was a it was a stunning thing to see i mean you've got a couple of of gentlemen uh walking across a parking lot towards a car one of them carrying some form of longer gun i think some have described it as an ar it looked like more like i don't know a high point pistol caliber carbine but the point being normally traditionally speaking criminals wander the streets with things that they can hide in their waistband do do the mexican carry or whatever they call it this this is the first of our, uh, the, actually the most visible I've seen of a couple of reports of people walking around with long guns, guns you can't tuck into your belt. The guy's wearing a gray hoodie, typical gray hoodie like you see anywhere. Uh, I mean, not even an attempt to carry the thing concealed. As you pointed out, he fired a shot into the air before you could roll tape. And as the scene plays out, he's walking around carrying a a. a a carbine or rifle-sized firearm with him as he breaks through a window, and him and his partner break through the windows of two adjacent cars, jack them, start them up, get them started, and apparently uh, go on to steal them here. But it, we're talking people ca- not just carrying guns, but announcing, according to your story here, hey, I'm going to steal this car by firing a celebratory shot or two into the air. I mean, did I sum it up right there, Rebecca Brannon? <laughs> Yeah, that's the way I take it. Um, there were actually some people, two cars over to my left, and they were outside their cars. And 
they kind of laughed it off, and I could tell by their body language they weren't necessarily scared, but they weren't going to approach the guy, and, and nobody was going to. It, the most disturbing part is I think people around thought it was normal, right? They, they weren't going to approach yeah. this guy. They just let him do what he was going to do, and, you know, I had to play along with that, right? I had to pretend like I didn't care, was just eating my food. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and, and it used to, what's more disturbing. Yeah, and, and the Uptown, by the way, the Uptown McDonald's has been since the mid-1980s a place where you just sort of absorb what's going on around you. For for years in the 1980s and up through the Murderapolis years, it would be where you'd see, I don't know, a homeless person eliminating into a, a shopping bag, for example. I, I Just to pull out an example from my own punk rock past and then for most of the last 10 15 years it's i don't know where you go on a winter night to watch uh, a bunch of college girls dressed in cocktail dresses on a night that's below 32 degrees vomiting into into garbage bags because that's what uptown has been for the last 15 years places where young people with money go to i don't know get, <laughs> drink too much and throw up in the streets i mean it's it's sort of like a theme park for for living in the city for for kids like that and you just sort of absorb it and let it go by you as it happens because what the heck it can't hurt except now this is people walking around with firearms blazing away stealing things and and this is the new normal in uptown minneapolis minnesota uh, yeah. minneapolis's party spot rebecca brandon yeah definitely the last year year and a half that area has significantly changed you know as a teenager i would go to that mcdonald's and that west end of lake was generally considered safe as you just described you might see some drunkenness and all that but now it's just it's off limits it's very unpredictable i i do go down there and check things out and before this all happened i was looking at that intersection at at hennepin and lake those businesses all that graffiti it just gets worse and worse every time i i come and drive by and a few weeks ago outside stella's I felt horrible seeing it but there were people outside homeless people sleeping yeah. you know out, outside stellas that area is just totally unpredictable and i can't say i'm surprised what happened last night because this is what happens if anyone follows twitter and crime watch minneapolis what happens on the police scanners these are regularly occurring things that happen carjackings car thefts assaults and they're generally violent i just happened to to witness one firsthand yeah, and, and it's and it's not unusual these days for people to see and hear about these things, although certainly not in the mainstream media. You have to go to places like Twin Cities Crime Watch, to your Twitter feed, Rebs Brannon on Twitter. Uh, by the way, I will post the uh, I'll be posting a, a, a post about I've already retweeted your your video from last night on Twitter. And this will be part of my main post tomorrow on my blog at shot in the dark dot info. Uh, but, Rebecca, this is I mean, the fact that this is the norm in Minneapolis, that 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 automatic weapons fire on the north side and people wandering around fire openly carrying long arms. And and stealing what they want with nobody lifting a finger. I mean, th- this is not the sort of environment that can end well for people. Either either the criminals take over or people start doing things to, to it's assert the order again themselves. And neither of them is a pretty outcome, Rebecca Brannon. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it was just amazing, though, to to sit there and watch 15, 20 minutes. And they a lot of it I couldn't capture. I didn't want them to figure out that I was videoing them. I just couldn't. So there was a lot that I didn't show where they, yeah, they really were openly brandishing and not really hiding at all as they're walking back and forth between the three cars. And I know others saw that, but nobody was, again, going to approach them. I certainly couldn't. Police didn't arrive, and I don't blame the police either. There's, there's been a shortage. There's been a shortage well before the George Floyd riots. You know, we have the chief errant 
you know, the chief calling for how many hundreds to be hired. So <laughs> there's, yeah. I don't know what this is, you know, right? So. Yeah, and and it, it's been, as I noted in my first segment, you have a subculture full of people, actually, maybe the dominant culture in the in the inside the 694, 494 loop that thinks it's really not all that bad. It's not a Mad Max style dystopia. People live in this. And of course, I live in St. Paul. I, I've lived in the, the cities for 30 odd years. I've seen crime uh, much worse than this so far. Although it's interesting to note that the murder, uh, the, the count of homicides in Minneapolis today, as of today, equals the full count of homicides in the entire state of Minnesota five years ago. It's it's up by a factor of almost three over the past five years, Rebecca. I mean, I don't think I think people have this cartoonish notion that that that, that the that Minneapolis is a is a Mad Max style dystopian wasteland, and 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 yet you look at the reality in some of these parts of Minneapolis. It's not a cartoon; it's real life. Things are that bad yeah. at the right wrong place at the wrong time. What I'd like to what I'd like to point out is uh, there's probably so much that we don't know about too. I mean, as far as I know, um, I'm the only one that might have called that in last night. And had I not videotaped it, would people have known just about that one instance right there? Right? Yeah. Two car thefts and them shooting shots in the air. Um, so it's not like we're making a big deal out about this. And again, if anyone looks to Twitter and follows the the police scanners, these are regularly occurring events. And someone yeah. may not always be there to video it, every car theft, every carjacking. <laughs> it's quite common, essentially, and, very common. And as you point out, it was a 20 minutes uh, of, of stuff you observed that boiled down to 20 seconds of video uh, that, that just showed that the, the, quote, highlights, end quote. Rebecca Brandon, we are almost out of time. We have to talk about this some more because the, the, this is bordering on literal insanity in uptown here. And just the, how the inmates have, or should say, the vibrancy has come to run the asylum. Rebecca Brandon, thank you so much for doing the work you do. We'll do this again sometime soon. Yeah, I'll run into you soon. Take care. You bet. That's uh, Rebecca Brannon, found on Twitter at Rebs Brannon. Uh, and I will be posting that video at shotinthedark.info. When we come back, we'll be talking with Colonel Dan Jennings of the Salvation Army of the Upper Midwest about their winter fun drives and, yeah, about the elephant in the room, CRT leaking out at the Salvation Army. Uh, give us a call, 651-289-4488, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. You have your doctor and your dentist. You even have your trusted mechanic. But who's your plumber? Hey, it's Troy from Champion Plumbing. We'd love to be your trusted plumber. Take your water heater. Problems always happen at the wrong times. Call Champion Plumbing, and we can usually install a new water heater the same day. We have over a 1,000 five-star reviews at championplumbing.net. So the next time you're asked, who's your plumber? Just say Champion Plumbing. Find us online at championplumbing.net. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. 
we provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-860-4610. That's 800-860-4614. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. What does it mean to be a Christian woman in our current culture? How does your faith in Christ relate to the world around you? At times, being a Christian can seem like an overwhelming task in today's busy and challenging landscape. That's why you should visit iBelieve.com, a site designed for Christian women. Whether you're looking for insight, conversation starters for your church group, or just an uplifting message, you'll find it at iBelieve.com. Visit iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. AM 12A, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488, the number to call, should you care to join us, and I, I hope you will. By the way, the next Stand With Israel tour is uh, spooling up to uh, take off here uh, about a year from now. Uh, no, no sense waiting around. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to make this one happen. Hopefully the, the public health situation will cooperate. Much more about that at AM 1280thepatriot.com. Stand With Israel, the tour. The tour worth waiting for. They had to scrub, I think, two of them in a row now, maybe. I don't know if the one is uh, for this year is actually should actually be in Israel right now if it actually went off on schedule. Either way, whether it happened or not, and I think it actually did now that I think about it, uh, with Sebastian Gorka and Mike Gallagher. The next one is spooling up and ready to take off uh, for about a year from now. So get in. Go to am12athepatriot.com. Click on the Stand with Israel link. It will be the highlight of your year, maybe one of the highlights of your life. So uh, up next, as we head towards the holiday season, it's important to remember those who are less fortunate than than all of us. And one of the groups that actually works with those less fortunate year in, year out, as uh, things come and go, uh, pretty much as, as steady as a piston going up and down is the Salvation Army, a charity that I have supported with, uh, I mean, absolutely the vocally the top of my lungs all forever for 30 years now, the Salvation Army, with us to discuss the fundraising for the help to fill the needs that are there that never stop, as well as the elephant in the room, the the topic of racism that popped up over this past couple of weeks is uh, Colonel Dan Jennings from the Salvation Army of Minnesota, the Dakotas. I may have missed a state or two in there. Uh, Colonel Jennings, welcome back to the broadcast here. 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, good to be with you this afternoon, and, and thank you for taking some time to uh, talk about the Salvation Army today. Yeah, no, I'd very much like to, and I want to focus uh, first off on the need that uh, is is out there and, and what the Salvation Army is doing to focus on those needs. I, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, the CRT discussion that popped out this past week. Um, I'm someone who's supported the Salvation Army uh, implicitly and explicitly for decades now. They were there for some people very close to me at some very dire times of their lives. Uh, they're far from alone. I've got extended family that works for the Salvation Army. It's It's an important charity. I drive out of my way to find those red kettles. And the red kettles, which are an icon of Christmas in America, they're out and about there. The uh, the the, uh, the the red kettles are back out on the streets, uh, Colonel Jennings. Let's, we could probably talk about that for for, for starters here. Uh, the, the the campaign is back out there. Am I right? Yep, absolutely. Kettles are out. Uh, you know, it's not really the Christmas season until you hear the bell ringing and you see the red kettle. It ushers in the season. It's always busy. Every Christmas is always busy for the Salvation Army. Last year with the pandemic, we were we helped about 1.5 times more people than we normally help in a year. We thought there'd be a market correction this year and that that would be a little less. But we haven't seen that correction yet. We're still helping more people than we've ever helped before. And we have the, the looming uh, rent and mortgage crisis coming. The Department of Housing tells us here in Minnesota there are 60,000 households that are significantly behind on either rent or on mortgage, which means at some point evictions will begin to happen. People will need help uh, getting into apartments, getting into homes, and people like the Salvation Army are going to be called upon to help people with that first month's rent, to help get utilities turned on. We have no idea how many people we're going to see. We just know it's going to be a lot. Yeah, we worked a telethon uh, here at AM twelve eighty the Patriot. We worked with your uh, fundraising telethon. I think it was last summer. Seems so long ago these days, but I mean, you you and your staff uh, told us a lot about the, the steamroller of need that was approaching as the as the subsidies and the and as the stimulus checks for the pandemic started to uh, go away, and and just how much trouble people were in. And it doesn't sound like that's gotten any better over time, Colonel Jennings. Well, we were hoping, number one, that the the pandemic would be well behind us by now and that people would be stabilized, but it just hasn't been the fact yet. We're still hopeful that we'll see some correction, but it's not going to be this Christmas season. We're still going to see a lot of people. Uh, Our indicator of need is how many people come to us for food on a daily basis, and that still continues to be at historic highs for us. Fortunately, lots of people have stepped up and lots of people have donated food and other things to be able to uh, to provide the need. Last year was our best fundraising year we've ever had. So Good. the Lord knows what we need and he brings it to us just when we need it. Um, it is a, it's an exercise of faith to believe that it's going to come in. It gives me uh, gray hair if I had any hair. Uh, so we have to uh, we have to continue to trust. So Minneapolis has always been good for the Salvation Army. I think the Twin Cities will do that again this year. Uh, so um, people are in need. We're here to help. It's what uh, we've been called to do. Uh, so we do it. But it it takes an army to make it happen, and it takes an army of volunteers and donors and actual employees to make that happen. But I just I, I thank the Lord that it does happen. 
Yeah, and uh, as do I, and it and has happened uh, and helped a lot of people in a variety of needs, everything from addiction to homelessness to to economic circumstances that that bolt out of nowhere and, and smack you upside the head. I've I've known people who have been helped by the Salvation Army for all of those things, and and as issues and news stories come and go it's good to it's vital that we remember that by the way you you, you're an organization that like a lot of organizations that do the the best work in this state run on volunteers to a great extent you need volunteers to ring bells at the kettles you need you need uh, volunteers to help at the toy shop and all all sort of every other every other thing the salvation army does you you work on volunteers how can people register to and, and get involved in volunteering for the Salvation Army with all the work that needs to be done out there? Yeah, nowadays everything's online. So if you just go to SalvationArmyNorth.org, you'll see a big banner saying volunteer. Uh, you click on that. Uh, all our volunteers go through a, uh, a background check to allow them to volunteer and a registration package. All of that's super simple to do. You can do it all online. And then we have a really great volunteer coordinator who will just talk to you about what you'd like to do and get you plugged in at a place where you can do the most good. What kind of volunteer opportunities are there? We know that you're looking for people to ring the bells at the kettles. Uh, we know that the uh, we, we we know some other things that are involved. What, what what are the sorts of things that people can volunteer for if they're looking for something that closely aligns with the talents or gifts they may have? Yeah, if if you've been gifted with something, we can put that into place and make it work. One of the places where we had the highest volume of need, however, these days, is packing food boxes that we give out to people. Now, what we've done over the years is we've switched our social service model to what we call a, a choice pantry, where people walk through the pantry, they pick their own groceries, they put them into their own bags, they get exactly what they want. Well, that worked great until we had a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now we have to pre-pack those boxes. So when people come in, we give them a pre-packed food box. But that is labor intensive to get all of those boxes packed. And hundreds of those go out of each of our Twin Cities locations each and every day. So that that's a thing that just about anybody can do. And it, it means all the world to us to be able to have people do that. So that's probably the highest volume of what we need. But we need administrative volunteers to help in the office. We need people to help uh, organize some of our uh, stuff that we give out. We certainly need a lot of volunteers to help us with the toy shop that's coming up very quickly where uh, families come in and shop for their children and provide them with gifts. Let's talk about that with the holidays coming on. There are families out there that cannot afford Christmas in the sense that most of us take for granted. You're running a toy shop. Tell us a little bit about that operation. Yeah, so we have uh, about four locations throughout the Twin Cities, and each of those locations is set up just, you know, a little bit like Santa's workshop, as you might imagine. Tables that are separated by uh, age of children. Uh, The parents go through with uh, the assistance of some volunteers who help them select toys. We get those all bagged up, and then uh, we bring them out to the cars of the people who uh, are going to take them home. They get to wrap them. Uh, they get to look at them and inspect them before they give them to their children. There was a time when that happened with wrapped gifts, but then what happened on Christmas morning is the parents were just as surprised as the children about what they opened. <laughs> we wanted the parents to have a little more, more dignity in that and to really put them in charge of what they're going to give to their children. Uh, you and I would want the same thing. We're not going to walk into a store and just say, put something into a bag a, ch- a, ch- a child might like. No, yeah. we want to make a decision. We know what our children want 
And just because you're in need doesn't mean that uh, you should be uh, afforded anything less than that. So we want the parents to feel like they have a choice in what their children are going to uh, have for Christmas. And that's been an important thing about the Salvation Army. I mean, you give shout a lot of help to a lot of people at a time when they're as vulnerable as they will ever be in their lives. Uh, it's just like people who, who, through circumstances beyond their control or that got away from them, are asking for help, and they don't want it rubbed in their face. They don't want to. It's part of getting back on your feet is feeling like the the world isn't steamrolling you into the pavement. And the Salvation Army has led the way in terms of getting charities to 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 treat people like humans, and that's been a very important thing, Colonel Jennings. Absolutely. I know it sounds a little cliche, but the Salvation Army is about a hand up and not a hand out. Uh, what is good to see is we have a number of volunteers in all of our areas that are people that at one point in their life were in need and came to the Salvation Army for some help. But thank goodness that uh, their lives have uh, have improved for the better. They've got some extra resources and extra time on their hand. And they're happy to come and employ that to help somebody else who was in that same situation they were in in the past. And that's always wonderful to see. I went through the toy shop just a couple of years ago. I was right behind a young lady who was volunteering to be a shopper for families coming in. She just seemed more excited than she should be to go through that line. And so I just had to ask her about her excitement and why she was so happy to be there. And she just explained that for several years, she had to come to the the toy shop to get toys for her children, but she had gotten a new job about six months ago and she was really doing great. And this was the first year that she could give back rather than receiving. And she was just so grateful to be in that situation and to be able to help someone else. So what a a great celebration to see someone who was in need, who now is able to meet need. You know, I saw some examples of that when we were at the telethon last, uh, I want to say last summer, maybe last spring. I forget, this whole last year has been such a blur for, I'm sure, for both of us, Colonel Jennings. But talking with some of the people who'd been volunteering and who'd started out as clients uh, in addiction recovery in a few cases and had worked their way up to being program leaders with the Salvation Army was one of the most inspiring things that I've I've had happen to me in all my years of doing this show. And believe me, I've been blessed with a lot of inspiration. And that was up on the short list, Colonel Jennings. So thank you very much for that. By the way, Salvation Army Day at the Vikings game coming up uh, on the 9th. That's uh, this coming Thursday. Vikings versus Pittsburgh. Tell us a little bit about that event, Colonel Jennings. Yeah, it's a great event. It's going to help raise some money for some really good programs that the Salvation Army uh, does. And we're so grateful that the Vikings have partnered with us uh, to make that happen as well. And it's a great football game to go to. uh, I'm not sure what the score is right now, but the Vikings are falling a little bit behind today. So uh, next (laughs) next Thursday, we'll have a win. I just know it. It's going to be a big rally there. That's absolutely right, uh, Colonel Jennings. Now, as a Bears fan, it's all just of intellectual interest to me. But we'll uh, we'll cross our fingers. Now, if we have another segment with you, we have to take a break right now. But when I come back, I'd like to have a discussion about the elephant in the room, if you will, the uh, allegations of uh, some dabbling with critical race theory that's gone at the Salvation Army over this past uh, several months. Let's t- uh, come back with that as we talk with Colonel Dan Jennings, 651-289-4488. By the way, the website, SalvationArmyNorth.org. That and much more on the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot. 
soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. This is Sebastian Gorka, and I want to invite you to join me for a powerful travel opportunity that will likely become the highlight of your year. I'm headed to Israel in November 2022 for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour of the key sites and best places meant to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Together, we'll uncover key geopolitical insights as we unpack Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll return home empowered by the experience. If you ever dreamt of visiting Israel, this is your opportunity. Come with me in 2022. For more information, call 855-565-5519 or book online at Stand with Israel Tour. 855-565-5519 or standwithisraeltour.com. I am one of thousands of women with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body. I am living in the moment and taking Ibrance, Calpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for postmenopausal women or for men with HR positive HER2 negative MBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Be in your moment. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Holiday guests can stress out your home. Get ready with help from Air Mechanical. Make sure the heat stays on with a furnace tune-up now. A new tankless water heater will ensure you don't give your relatives the cold shoulder. Have Air Mechanical's plumbers do a preventative drain cleaning. AMI's electrical pros can install outdoor lighting for safety in the dark, plus a garage heater just in case you need an in-law escape room. Air Mechanical, your holiday helper. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at KeeganLawOffice.com. AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, big events coming up. Minnesota Family Council presents the Minnesota Leadership Forum December 15th. That's a week from this coming Wednesday. Holy cow, that's coming up quick. It's an evening with the leading conservative candidates for governor, Dr. Neil Shaw, Senator Michelle Benson, Dr. Scott Jensen, Senator Paul Gazelka, Mayor Mike Murphy of Lexington. Hugh Hewitt is being brought in to moderate. I mean, it's their money. They can do what they want. You get what you pay for. But, uh, no, Hewitt's a great friend of this broadcast. In fact, without Hugh Hewitt, this broadcast would not exist. So it'll be, it'll be great. Hugh Hewitt moderating the discussion among the leading candidates for uh, the uh, GOP nomination for governor, go to am12athepatriot.com. Click on the Minnesota Leadership Forum. Uh, get your tickets now. Uh, we got uh, tickets for the VIP reception and uh, regular tickets. By the way, 
uh, Brad Carlson, Jack Tomczak, and I will be doing a pregame and postgame shows uh, before and after the debates, I believe, on December 15th. So tune in, and then, of course, we will be in attendance at the debate itself. So make sure you uh, stop on by. I would love to have you stop on out to Providence Academy uh, in Plymouth. Uh, a week from this coming Wednesday. We're talking with Colonel Dan Jennings of Salvation Army North, the website SalvationArmyNorth.com. Okay, let's get to the elephant in the room here. Uh, reports came out this past week that a uh, resource guide put out by the Salvation Army headquarters uh, started dabbling in the notion of critical race theory. The the segment, that section that, that had people the most up in arms among several was, and I quote, the desire that Salvationists achieve the following, lament, repent, and apologize for biases and racist ideologies held and actions committed. And it's been shortened up to say, to apologize for being white. This caused an uproar of outrage on the right among people who've been fighting against critical race theory for quite some time. And allowing for the fact, Colonel Jennings, that I, as I said earlier in the segment here, am a outspoken supporter of the Salvation Army and, and uh, am extremely grateful for, the, for what it has done for people around me, including people in my life. I have to say that the episode it didn't so much gave me pause, give me pause as, as it had me looking for the other side of the story. Well, that's, here you are, Colonel Jennings. What's the other side of the story, the, uh, the Salvation Army's headquarters dabbling with critical race theory? Well, first of all, the resource guide you mentioned has never been used in this division. The, if you read just the very first page, and it's 67 pages long, so it's a very long resource guide. The very first page says that it's a, a voluntary resource, and it's really meant to cover the, the whole panoramic view of what thoughts are on racism today. And so there's glossaries that cover every topic that's there. Uh, the, the section you talk about that talks about lament, I, I just want to make sure we understand that critical race theory doesn't hold the market on lamentation. Uh, right. Being being uh, introspective, looking at our own actions and things that may have happened in the past is not exclusive to critical race theory. We've, as believers, we believe that if we've done anything wrong, we ought to lament. And there is there is nothing in that guide that says we need to repent if we're white. We only need to repent as either corporately if our organization has not done the right thing in the past or individually if we've had racist notions. And if that's the case, then we ought to lament. We ought to try to be better. But there's nothing in the document that would say that, that just because your skin color is, is white that you are automatically wrong or automatically done something wrong, which I know is a part of critical race theory. But we don't buy into any of those modern ideologies. Uh, I took a look at that guide when it first came out almost two years ago, and I just thought it was a little problematic for me. I, I didn't buy into everything that uh, that it said and just chose not to use it. And in, in, in fact, most of my colleagues across the country just had done the same thing. It, it wasn't produced in the United States by our 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 U.S. Uh, command. It was produced by a very small group of think tank called the International Social Justice Committee. And they they tried to uncover everything anyone was talking about in terms of racism to give us an idea as salvationists how we ought to uh, approach the topic or at least have some conversations. 
I was very grateful that uh, a couple of times now our national commander has come out and said that we were not buying into any of those ideologies, certainly not buying into critical race theory. Uh, I, I think if anything comes out of this, it's my prayer that we just would double down on our core mission, which is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to serve suffering humanity in his name without discrimination. We're not really good at being uh, political. We're not good at a lot of things, but what we're really good at is serving the needy and serving Jesus Christ. And as far as I'm the divisional commander for this area, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to try to uh, be political. We certainly aren't going to try to jump into any of these modern notions of of racism. But we do want to say that the Salvation Army has and will always stand against any form of racism. Uh, We think it is wrong. We don't think it's it's right to be racist. Um, But the, the headlines, which bothered me the most, said that the Salvation Army was asking its donors to repent because of their whiteness. That There's, again, nothing in that document that says that that's the case. And if we're going to say anything to our donors, let me say this. Thank you for what you do. I think the people who give of their time and of their funds to the Salvation Army are among the most non-racist people you could ever meet. And our donors are not all white. We have donors that come from every walk of life, and I am grateful for every single one. I met people at the telethon from every possible walk of life, and and yet they were all united in in one of the most important missions that any believer can have. Uh, Colonel Jennings, we are up against the break here. You gave the right answer uh, to, to this uh, big fan of the Salvation Army. I hope it diffuses or, or gives the message people need to hear. Red kettles are out there. The toy shop is happening. The Salvation Army Day at the Vikings game, uh, game coming up here on Thursday. Uh, go to SalvationArmyNorth.org to give because the, the need is still there. Colonel Jennings, thank you very much for appearing with us today. Oh, thank you for just taking some time to talk about the Army today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Best of luck. God bless. And uh, get out there and support the Salvation Army. Uh, Kelly Johnner-Byrne joins us eventually when we come back. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning needs your help this winter. For the fourth holiday season in a row, Standard Heating is partnering with the Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans by providing our vets with cold weather kits. These cold weather kits contain a new winter hat, a pair of mittens, and socks. Standard Heating will match every donation. The goal is to provide 300 or more kits to the homeless veterans in the Twin Cities. To learn more and donate, visit standardheating.com and click on the MACV banner to donate. Standard is honored to partner again with MACV this holiday season to help end veteran homelessness and keep our vets warm this winter. Go to standardheating.com and click on the MACV banner to give your gift of warmth that will last all winter long. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. Thank you, Patriot listeners, for heeding the call to help our Minnesota homeless veterans. Give today at standardheating.com. That's standardheating.com. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 
half. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Get into the spirit at thefishtwincities.com. Tune in now for the soundtrack of the season, supported by Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Listen in with the free Fish Twin Cities app. Dad, guess what? What? You are going to be a grandfather. That's great. Not too long ago, moments like this with my daughter would have been a challenge. It was a long road for me to find myself again after Vietnam. It was my neighbor Jim, another Vietnam veteran, who finally convinced me that I could still connect with my family and find that fulfilling life I'd lost. And I went for help down at the VA. If I can take that first step after almost 50 years, I know other veterans can too. Visit maketheconnection.net to find out more. Happy, happy, happy 20th anniversary. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.